unusual because, you know, it, you, you get fits and starts of different things. So you might not do a sci-fi thing for years and then suddenly you'll do, you know, one or two in a row or something like that. It's a, quite a cottage industry here. But um, yes, I had some. I did used to do a lot of work on Farscape, which is a. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 So over cool the years, show. I. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, saw that we recently had saw Ragnarok um, come here. So there was a lot of special effects makeup, prosthetic makeup that I was involved in on a daily basis on that. How exciting! Do you oh. like it? Is it fun? Yeah, it's great. Uh, you know, and I love doing all aspects of it because, you know, if you just sit into one world all the time, I mean, you obviously become very, very good at it, but I think variety is the best thing in in my world. Oh, yeah. I think variety is the best thing for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you get kind of bored. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's the fun part. <laughs> I wanted to do. I wanted to 
to do, you know, you know, film. I, you know, I wanted to run a series. I wanted, you know, and I wanted to design. So I knew that staying there wasn't going to help. So I actually left and pursued my career and started doing, you know, television series. Um, started off as an assistant for people and then I worked myself up the, up the food chain to now being a designer. And uh, do you remember what your first one, which, what was your first series? Uh, oh, actually it was a little film. It was called Princess Kate. <laughs> oh, I never heard of that one. I love yeah, it, was, it, was a little, it was a little Aussie film <laughs> called Princess Kate and um, it was adorable, yeah. So that was my first little movie. Who was that in was, that, Deborah? Uh, oh, gosh. Now, you're going to really... Now. Um, so, no one you'd probably know, just Australian actors. <laughs> Justine Clark, she's quite prolific now in the um, children's television world. Um, as a, She's a grown-up woman now. She was a teenager at the time. That's cool, though. No, I, 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 I don't recognize the name. I do watch a lot of Australian stuff, but no, I don't recognize the name. Uh, that <laughs> I guess because I don't watch children's television, maybe that's why. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So um, yeah. So it's been it's been you know an interesting journey. Um, and what was your biggest break? Um, I think. Going over to the UK to do, I worked on the, I was, um, uh, the, the, I, I worked on a film called Much Ado About Nothing, which oh. just after that Roger was, was the DOP, and, um, and um, Paul Englund was the um, makeup designer, and he took me on board as his second, and um, off we went and did an amazing film in, Italy. It was just incredible. It was such an amazing journey that one, because you know not only you know the cast, how wonderful and how prolific they are, but also the actual actually actually working on a Shakespearean piece, reading a script in Shakespeare, you know in Shakespeare. It was something that I had never ever done before in my life. That is really cool. It's actually not only one of my favorite films. It's my favorite Shakespeare play. Much ado about nothing. I love that. I love I love that particular performance of it. I love the I love the makeup you did and make hair and makeup is amazing. Everything in that movie was amazing. And Roger did amazing. Everybody did amazing. It was yeah. just a great movie. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, it was. It was very. It was you know. It was I think groundbreaking for its time too. Because also. I mean, it helps that it's a comedy, but it made Shakespeare very accessible. It was, it was, it was, it was, it it, it wasn't daunting. It was fun. <laughs> that, yes, yes, and I think that's the joy of you know what Ken Kenneth Branagh brings to, um, you know, to film is that he brings those he brings it to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really, really. Um, Actually, I love Peter's Friends. I thought that was a great movie too. Um, I don't. I, I. I don't know if you were part of that, but that's one of my favorites too. Uh, I, uh, I had very young children, or one very young child at that age. So no. No. Okay. <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> Being a mommy comes first. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, okay. Um. 
and did you uh did you uh, did you travel with Roger when he was going to all the different countries he was going to? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, not all the time because what would inevitably happen was that um, he'd go away and then I'd get a job offer and I <laughs> and I go oh how am I going to make this work? And um, a couple of times I said no to a few things and, you know, when the children were really little and then I decided, no, no, I've got to keep going. So um, I, I, used to get, I used to get an au pair that would live with me or nanny that, and, you know, that would travel with me and um, that's how we made it work. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And uh, do you have anything that pops out in your mind of some of the stuff that tempted you? <laughs> <laughs> oh... No. Oh, well, like yes, I do. I got you know Paul Anglin. After I worked with him, you know we you know we worked really well together. And he asked me uh, asked me to come and do a couple a film in Malta. And then there was another film. And I think I was pregnant at the time with my second child. And I went, oh, no, I can't do that. And so there was always a reason, a good reason for not doing it. <laughs> there was what was the name of the movie? Um, there was a movie in Malta that was really funny. It was called Trench Coat. And nobody, oh, no. do you it like, you know that movie? It's only, every time I mention it, nobody knows it. I'm, it's like my <laughs> secret movie. <laughs> I'll have to watch it. <laughs> but it's a really good movie. It's with, um, oh, what's her name? She played Lois Lane in the Christopher Reeve, Margot Kidder. Oh, okay, okay. Margot Kidder and Robert Hayes oh, from the okay. Airplane movie. It's a comedy, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> But it's a really funny, and it takes place in Malta. And when you said it, it's, oh, I love that movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll have to watch it. It's sort of a takeoff on like, like the old Sam Spade movies, except instead of a man, it's a woman. She's the one who wants to be the detective, and and she's the one who's telling the story in sort of a hard-boiled way. It's 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 it's. it's it's crazy. It's very funny. She knows, okay. she has no idea what she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Now I've been thinking about that. I think it was probably, it was like a, a pirate film, maybe or even like The Three Musketeers or something like that. That was the film that was being oh, shot Oh, I wonder which one that was. I, I've seen most of the, I love The Three Musketeers. I love action adventure. I think they're so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're great. Uh, I love that. I mean, I, I'm this is way before your time or Rogers, but there was an old movie with the Three Musketeers with Gene Kelly and Lana Turner and oh, I can't remember everybody in the in movie, but it's a really old movie. But it was the Three Musketeers. It was so it was really one of the best ones I've ever seen. You wouldn't believe it from an MGM movie, but it was. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> But I've seen modern ones too. I just that 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 was the first one. That was actually that's I read the book because I saw that movie. That's oh, how much okay. it influenced me. Yes, <laughs> I think I I think I have seen it, but it was, you know it'd be a long time ago. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's I mean I love I'm a I'm a classic movie fan, so I watch old movies all the time. But yeah, that one's kind of dated now. Um. But it was it, it's it's still a fun movie. It was really it it really stuck to the book, which is unusual for a Hollywood movie. 
your favorite part of working on um, on people with the makeup and hair? Is it creating the design, or is it uh, getting to know the actor or actress that you're working with, or what is the part that brings you joy? Well, I think first of all, it's the phone call or the email going, we. Know, we'd like to interview for you for the position and then you go oh someone wants me that <laughs> and then you go then you go okay great send me the script so you read the script and you know suddenly you know as soon as you read those scripts your head just explodes into okay right you know and then you, so you read all the scripts you know or part you know or you know a synopsis or you know one script it depends if you're doing a film you're doing a television series you usually if you're doing a tv series they'll send you a whole you know breakdown of every episode plus they might send you a couple of scripts if you're doing a film obviously they'll just send you the the first you know the first draft of the script so you read that have your interview hope that it goes okay and then um then you know working out you know, finding out who the cast are, and you go, great, okay, um, you know, what's involved in the changes, is it a contemporary job, or is it, um, you know, think flashbacks, or, you know, so there's always all that side of it to work out, and then, of course, then it's starting the job, you know, meeting all your designers, you know, your production designer, your costume designer, seeing where their vision is, seeing the director's vision, so it's a really collaborative thing, and actually being... You know, having you know, being a part of that is fabulous. And then, of course, then you pick your crew. You go, okay, who, you know, what kind of crew do I need for this job? I have my regulars that I always use, but sometimes, you know, some scripts you have to have more special effects side. Some side you have more period hair. So you have to kind of crew your crew and according to what you actually need. And then putting the crew together, and then you meet your cast, and um, and then that the next process of actually, you know, going through step by step with them how what how they see their character. I always ask them how they see their character because that's very, very important to make them feel comfortable and work how they see their cast, uh, sorry, their character. But it's also you have a vision yourself and you also have a vision for your director. So it's a very kind of, that's where I say, that's where you put your cap dancing shoes on to make <laughs> all, you know, all, all the glue come together and to make everyone happy. So, it's, you know, it's, it's a great job. And then, of course, then the schedule comes in and you go, oh, my goodness, look how many extras and how many people, you know, how many extra things we've got on and then you have to crew that. And then, of course, you know, buying all the makeup and setting it all up and then, then next minute you get your schedule and you start shooting <laughs> and then the train leaves the station and then you're off. <laughs> Boom. <Yeah. laughs> sometimes you go up mountains and sometimes you come down mountains. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when you're like, um, when you have such a big thing and so many people, how do you map out how to do the hair and makeup? Because everybody's an individual. Correct, yes. So, based, oh, well, it just depends. I mean, every job is different how you approach it. Like, there is sort of a formula to everything, but, you know, sometimes, you know, you might end up having, you know, 
somebody start with hair in the morning and then the make and then then you'll then makeup will take over and then they'll go back to hair or somebody will just do that actor from from head you know like hair and makeup it it just depends on the demands of, and and how much how many crew members you've got according to how the schedule works because quite often they'll have they'll have a budget that you have to work to so they'll say you've only got a crew of you know four and you go okay well then how do I make that work? How, how do I put 10 actors through with four people in the morning and that have got all got to be ready before breakfast? So, um, it's, you know, we grid it out, map it out every day according to who's coming through the door and who's got to be on set at what time, plus how, how many um, artists you have on set to look after the cast on set as well and to keep the continuity up and all that. So, yeah, it's quite involved on a day-to-day basis. So that's another question I have. Um, a lot of movies, especially if it's an action movie, uh, you have to touch makeup up. How many people would, is it like one person that's there for doing the touch-up? Or is there more than one? Or how does that work? Or is it, you know, is it just you? I mean... <laughs> yeah. um, well, once again, that depends on the budget of the job. So if you were doing an American feature film, everyone would have, every cast, main cast member would have a personal makeup artist and and quite often a personal makeup artist and a personal hairdresser that is attached solely to them. So that, so they look after them for the whole duration of the film and that's their charge. Um, uh, on a, say a smaller Australian feature film, you probably have, um, you know, if you've got probably five people on set, you probably have two pe- two makeup artists on set looking after them. Um, it just depends on the budget, really. That's the, and also to COVID through a whole big spanner in the works with us, because then we all had to, um, you know, they didn't want makeup people on set in, during COVID because they wanted to keep social distancing so everyone had to be away from the camera so and plus we were all masked up and shielded and uh, that as well so that was another thing that happened so yeah it just depends it's it's very organic actually each job what were you working on during COVID that uh, uh, were you working on a TV show or a movie or or yes I was doing a TV series uh, so um, in 2006 I started a, uh, I did a pilot for a TV series called Packed to the Rafters and it was a new sort of Australian family, um, you know, family dramedy they called it. So, um, and, and it was about, uh, um, you know, mum and dad um, with all their teenage and young adult children that all leave and come back. And so that's why they called it Packed to the Rafters because they all end up back in the house living together and all the issues that came with that. So I did a pilot, I did the pilot in 2007, and then it took, then they then they picked the series up, and I ended up doing it for seven years, um, which was incredible, because it was, you know, it was a great lifestyle job, actually. I could, re- you know, bring my children up and <laughs> be in Sydney at the same time, and it was, um, so, and that went on for, you know, for seven years. And then, then it, then it finished, and then just prior to COVID, they actually got all the crew, all the team back, and called it back to the rafters. So it was the whole family coming back together for another series. 
because it was so popular. And we had started that and um, we were two-thirds of the way through the series and COVID hit and we were literally on set at 10 o'clock in the morning and they, um, the producer came onto set and said, everyone down tools out now. <laughs> and, we, and so we shut down for three months while we went into lockdown and we had two young children in the series, one, you know, um, you know, young, you know, 12, 13 year old. And we were really, and plus a young eight year old in the, in the series. And when we came back three months later, they'd grown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kids do that. Puberty had come in and, you know, all that sort of stuff. I was like, oh my goodness, how are we going to make this match? But, um, yeah, so we came back and finished it. So that was the beginning of COVID. And then, you know, and then, yeah, there was jobs on and off through COVID. Some, we were lucky here, some crew, some shows actually did go work all the way through, but generally everything shut down like everywhere else in the world. Yeah, every, well, I mean, it was nice for the animals. I mean, they, they had the roads to themselves. They didn't have anybody chasing after them. It's good for them. <laughs> During COVID, the the water became clear, the the air became fresher, the animals were happier. You know, we are pain. <laughs> oh, I know it was a very weird time. I yeah, know. Well, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. I just. It, I know. I, every time I think about that, it's just. Uh, what are we doing? <laughs> I know. Well, for for the makeup world, it was, it, you know, it was sort of went up next level because we had to change. We're always incredibly, you know, efficient in our world as far as sanitisation and mm -hmm. all that. Always been an absolute, you know, first priority anyway in mm -hmm. our world. But with COVID, it actually changed even more. We actually had to work there for a while in full PPE, you know, gloves shield, mask, you know, um, and, you know, and it was hot in Sydney, so trying to do makeup checks with, you know, full PPE, a, ma a mask and a shield, and I've got glasses for close-up work. I, I was just a hot, sort of, <laughs> fogged up mess most of the time. Yeah, yeah, it, it must have been awful, because of the, because those things gather heat. Oh, <laughs> disgusting. And also, too, I had crews falling over because they couldn't see where they were going because they had so much stuff on them. And oh, and then, of course, you know, every night, you know, when we finished work, everything had, everyone's makeup bag had to come back to the truck, you know, because we work in big semi-trailers, basically, and they're all set up as, um, you know, makeup stations and, you know, sinks and all that. And you know, every cast member's bag would be upturned absolutely sterilised and we had big sterilising boxes that everything had to go through for everybody individually every night. So it actually put a whole lot more time and pressure on all of us to get, you know, to get in and get out each day. Gosh, that's awful. Um, but I mean, it's good because it protects people, so that's what's most important. It protects it was, both the staff and the actors. That's, a, that's really that's important. <laughs> yes. And of course, we'd have to test every day as well. You know, we'd all have to rat test every day for work and send that in before we could even turn out for work. 
it it's so crazy um i'm glad that i it's it i i mean there's outbreaks of it but i'm glad that it's mostly better now yeah yeah it depends here on what different on what production you work on you know some of them still have a covid policy here and some of them because quite often is that they've got insurance, but they've got a schedule that they've got to keep to. So we've got to, if we've got an actor coming in from overseas, that are, they're only available from you know you know you know for a month say to shoot. So they make all the crew COVID tests on a day-to-day basis, or even t- twice to three times a week. So they know that they can get that piece of you know they can get that actor in and out and shot in the time. Uh, for their scheduling. This is going to be a strange question, but I was thinking about of all of the jobs that you've had in, in, in your career, what was the one that was the most creative, the most exciting for you? Um, oh, wow. That's a hard one. Oh, well, um, I've, I've actually been really lucky because I've done so many different types of jobs, but um, I had the opportunity, and I wasn't the designer on this, I was part of the main team, but I had the opportunity to work on Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh. Yes, on no tales here in, up in Queensland. And that was fabulous because we were doing dirty pirates and we had lots of prosthetics and all that. And so that was a load of fun. But, um, oh, gosh. You know, I've, I've done period pieces where they've been absolutely joyful to do, you know. I did, um, I was fortunate enough to work with Glenn Close twice here in Australia and um, we did a HBO musical called um, South Pacific. That was, wow, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, so that was loads of fun creating the period and, you know. Um, and also, I did a great little um, telly movie out here called Carlotta and uh, Carlotta um, was about this, about a little um, so in the sort of 70s and yeah, 70s, 60s, late 60s, 70s um, there used to be a sort of a, a male a female impersonating show in King's Cross which was sort of you know you know a very you know quirky club where they would have a lot of drag shows it wasn't drag at the time it was you know female impersonation anyway the, the, the woman the man that actually set that up in the beginning um, was the first person to have a full sex change to a woman here in Australia and it was absolutely like it was in it was in the 60s like oh sorry it was in the early 70s that it happened so that was a fabulous piece to do um, really I didn't know they did that but I thought I mean did he have to go to Switzerland or something because I think that's where they started that it was done here but um, it was it was quite controversial and um, you could look at, look her up now, Carlotta. She's in her 80s now, Carlotta. And um, incredible, incredible um, life she had. That's cool. And yeah. was that a was that a cool show to do? Yeah, it was. It was it was great fun. It was really hard work because they didn't have a lot of money and the schedule was really tight. So coming up with the you know the appropriate looks with the appropriate time with a television schedule with not a big crew was very very um, 
you know, very, very challenging. But, you know, it was we did it. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you do it, you won. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Yay, team. Uh, I know, but that's really cool. I mean, I it, like you said, you you had a very diverse career, and the three that you just mentioned are really diverse. That's oh, really no. cool. Yeah. Well, you know, the funny things that happen on set. You know, like just recently, I was helping out on a um, period TV series, and um, uh, the head of the department on it said to me, "Look, can you go and look after?" Um, the spider bite on the set, and I went, yeah, sure, I can do that. Yeah, what, what do you want me to put the spider bite on, or do you want me to, what do you want? She goes, no, no, I've done the spider bite. Can you just go and look after it for me? I said, yeah, no problem. Anyway, I turn up on set with all the, you know, the the appropriate, you know, equipment to look after the spider bite, and here's the actor lying on the bed with a great big, huge spider bite on his bottom. <laughs> <laughs> So Whoa! So you have to look out after his bottom. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you do funny things like that as well. Oh my god, that's funny. I guess they had to make sure he didn't smush it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was a it was a period show that still hasn't come out, so I won't mention the name of it. But um, um, it was set in the eighteen hundreds, and it was you know it was in a you know, in a surgery in the 1800s. So you can imagine it was pretty crude and um, pretty um, revolting looking. I bet. Uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is, like, you were saying about wigs and, and stuff. What was the thing that was the most, it was great, but it was one of the most difficult assignments by of creating a look for an actor. Um. Oh, wow. Uh. That's a yeah. That's a challenge. That one. Um. Well, I think Carlotta was because we you know we didn't have a lot of money and you know we basically started off you know from the from the you know late fifties right through to the nineties. So try, not having a lot of money on that show and trying to you know turn over wigs have enough wigs have them all ready and dressed that was challenging but you know i'm just i'm just thinking you forget what you do after so many years <laughs> <laughs> sorry that sounds a bit no it doesn't bit, you got a lot of uh, life going you know, on <laughs> i know i'm just, i'm sort of it's one of those things quite often I'll, I'll do a job and i'll go oh great it's done and then i go right put that baby to bed that's done <laughs> move on <laughs> No, I just I'm just curious because I know sometimes the hardest ones that you do are like the most memorable because you it it was an effort, you know, yes. especially a successful one, of course. I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, on Pirates of the Caribbean, I mean that had its challenges because every um, every actor had a wig on and every extra had a wig on as well, so you know. So if we weren't working in main in the main team world, getting our actors ready or our prosthetic, you know, our pirates, our prosthetic ghosts done, or our other actors that we were in charge of, we would be we would go down and help out in extras world and be dressing wigs and you know prepping wigs, cleaning wigs, you know, getting them ready. 
Um, but our first day, I think they had two over about, well, I think it was close to 300 extras. Every extra had a wig on. Wow. That's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, when I, I worked on a film called Mary Shelley's Frankenstein um, in uh, Shepherd and Studios, in, and um, that, was, I mean, that was amazing. But they had a whole wig department. I was just makeup on that, and um, the wigs and that were incredible because it was all 17th century. That was incredible. I've seen that movie. That was really good. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was a great movie to work on. I worked I worked under Paul England for that as well. That's so cool. That's a, uh, yeah. That was a really good movie. Um, it's it's interesting, you know. You look at the stuff when you look at someone's career, and you're just like. It, it it has this little road that it goes down that's not a, a paved road, but a road that just kind of pops. Do you ever feel like you never know where you're going to go because that's the way your life has been? Or is or do you feel that your road is pretty much what you expected it to be? Um, oh, you know, you kind of think, oh, I had a regret. I should have done that job or, you know, why didn't that happen? But, um, no, I feel very, I feel... Like I'm very content. I've, I've, you know, with my job, I've met so many amazing people, and I've travelled so much with my job, and I'm, you know, and I feel really lucky actually, um, you know, where I've been and what I've done, you know, and yeah, I'm very, I'm very content. It's fine. <laughs> okay, um, we're coming to the end. Do you have anything that? either out or coming out that you want to let the people listening know about? Um, well, at the moment, I don't know whether they're... I've got two television series, which I'm not sure if they're over in America, but last year oh, last year and the year before, I did a fabulous two-part series, uh, series one, series two, called The Secret She Keeps, which is a, a you know, contemporary kind of thriller. Um, that's really worth having a look at, and um, another TV series that I just have just done last, which I finished at the end of this last year, was called North Shore. And uh, do you get Paramount Plus over? Oh yeah, there? we do. Yeah, <laughs> Paramount Plus. Yes. So that is um, with um, Joanne Frogger. She's from um, Downton Abbey. Mm-hmm. I don't know where oh yeah. John Bradley from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. That was a crime thriller series that I did. So um, they're the two probably bigger ones that I did last year. Cool. Um, prior to that, I did a comedy series with um, Ben Falcone and Melissa McCarthy called God's Favourite Idiot, which was for Netflix. So that was a lot of fun. That was We shot that up in Byron Bay in, um, in Australia, and um, we had lots of fun characters in that that was great i love melissa mccarthy it must have been so much fun <laughs> yes right it was so much fun very creative unfortunately we were going to do a second series on it then but then i think with this it that was the second that was just on the second covid lockdown and um i think netflix pulled the, the plug on that one but anyway there's one series of that out <laughs> okay <laughs> we gotta check it though i mean we gotta check it um do you have a website or um, do you have um, like an Instagram page or something or Pinterest? Look, I'm actually Roger's on my back all the time. I have, I've got an, 
bookings. But I usually get all my work through word of mouth. Yeah. Well, no, I just meant for the fans so they can check out. Yeah. That's oh, what you're doing. No. <laughs> Sorry. Because <laughs> uh, you know. When I do, I'll send it to you. How about that? <laughs> okay, that sounds cool. Um, no, I mean everybody likes to, you know. Say hi. Um, are you on any social media that somebody could like send you a message saying hi? Um, yeah, I'm on um, Deb uh, underscore Lancer uh, um, on Instagram. Okay. Mm. Okay, Instagram's good. Deb Lancer M U I, isn't it? Yeah, M U I. M U A. Okay. Because um, everybody loves to say hi to you guys, so I just wanted to give them a chance um, to catch up with you. That's nice, <laughs> yeah. I want to thank you very much for taking time out of your day to chat with me. Thanks, Sherry. It was lovely to talk to you. Thank you. And thank, th and thank you for chatting with Sherry.